This is a Sicha from the Babacher of Zatzal. And it's Kisei, it's straight. It reads beautifully. I like to chaz this over every parsha and also. It's on the parsha. So this parsha begins um, with the counting of the Levium, of the family's Levium. It, it ended last week's parsha with the family of Kos, and then this week's parsha is Gershon and Merori. Talking about their numbers, their count from 30 to 50, the amount of male members. And then it talks about what their job is. So the Rebbe says like this, We've spoken about this many times. Everything in the Torah is Nitzchi. Everything in the Torah is for right now. Which means everything in the Torah has relevance to right now. There are things that are physically not relevant anymore. Meaning, the concept of counting the families of Levium uh, from 30 to 50, obviously no one would say that that's something that affects my life. So, But says the Rabbi, On a spiritual level, the message of the Parsha is Negea for us. So the question is, what is the message of counting the Levium who were instructed to carry the Mishkan? And what does that mean on a spiritual level? And how does that affect us practically in any way. He says, This concept that everything in the Torah has a practical relevance to a Jew, it applies to our parasha as well. The fact that the parasha begins with counting Merari and Gershon, and it ends, it's a continuation of last week, which is the counting of the family of Kahas. The Rebbe says, although it's obviously physically not something that we deal with, obviously that was a one-time obligation, but the concept is relevant today. So what does it mean, practically, what are we walking away from this expression? Also, I'll talk about this more during davening on Shabbos. This expression is strange because it's an incredibly long parasha, but it's all very hard to practically apply to your life because you have accounting the Levium, which is itself something that doesn't seem relevant. And then you have the Nesim, which is the same carbon, you know, over and over and over again. And yes, there's Tyrus about it, but like, the, what's, the, what's the move on? So he says like this, the Rebbe says like this, let's understand the importance of counting the Levium who are in charge of mantling and dismantling and carrying the Mishkan. So the Rebbe says like this, V'yuvan zebahogdim. Let's explain. Why was it necessary for Klal Yisrael to be in the Midbar for 40 years? What did we accomplish by being in the Midbar for 40 years? Now, I understand. The Rebbe says, I understand. I understand that, yes, due to the sin of the Meraglim, we were not permitted to enter Israel. But that doesn't mean we have to stay in the desert. We could have stayed in Syria. We could have stayed in Lebanon. We didn't have to travel. We didn't have to wander in an Eretz Loi the Rebbe says, Yes, we were punished that we were not meant to enter Israel for 40 years. But why do we have to wander in a desert? We, we could have stayed very nicely in a beautiful uh, you know, city for 40 years, settled down, 40 years is a long time. Why was it necessary? What were we accomplishing by us traveling in this dark place? Why was it necessary? Says the teaching of the Balatanya. The Balatanya writes in the Kutei Torah in our parsha. The words of the Balatanya. What the Jewish people were accomplishing 
by traveling in the desert, im hamishkan, with the mishkan, taking the house of Hashem and moving it along and building it and moving it and building it again. What we were accomplishing was it was forever weakening all of the negative aspects of the universe meaning spiritually what Kalal Yisrael were doing by going in that dark place but bringing godliness into that empty wasteland what it was doing making a desert which is uninhabitable inhabitable Physically, what it was is you take a place that has no vegetation and you, you live there. But spiritually, what was accomplishing was that you had the holiest people building the holiest tent in a dark place. What that was is forever allowing, makes it easier for a person to overcome negativity. Meaning, all of negativity that you have in your life or collectively in the world is it's a spiritual negativity, but it has a physical manifestation. The physical manifestation is desert, right? That I, I was by a shir, was it last week? I think it was, uh, it was two weeks ago, that uh, by the author of the Bulvavi, he was in Eish and he was talking about, he was talking about different types of love. There's love of fire, there's love of water, and whatever it means, you know, from a practical standpoint, what he was saying is, I can tell you, very, it's, a, it's a beautiful thought. He, he was saying that love of fire means loving an aspect of Judaism because of the passion that you feel. Love of water, water is still, but it, it, below the surface is, is very powerful. That's a love of water, the Bulvavi writes, is the concept of aspects of Judaism that don't feel exciting, but they're essential. You see, fire burns out and goes away. So he said that if you want to know what something is spiritually, look at its physical manifestation. He says you don't need fire to exist. It helps, but you don't need a fire. You need water. And that tells you something. Fire burns out brightly and burns out quickly. Water doesn't. So you have to look at the, the physical is, a, is, a, is an extension. It's a shell of what's really going on. And therefore, the Jewish people in the desert, what that means is Kalal Yisrael's role was to go into places that Ra permeated and to make it easier and to, and, to, and to take it and turn it into Kedusha. And the way they did that, they probably could have done that meditating in a base medrash, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to do it in a physical way because all acts have to be physical. And the physical way is you go to a place that's empty, that's dry, that's decaying, that's dead, that has no life, that has no chiyas, that has no taira, and you infuse it with taira. And forever... From that time period, it's easier for a Jew to go into a desert, a desert of his own life, as we'll see, and bring life to it. That's what they were accomplishing. The Jewish people were accomplishing. The truth is, I don't want to go too on a tangent. You have to realize also, there's a, there's a famous story that my brother likes to say over a lot, that uh, someone once went to Rabbi Nossin. He was having a hard time with the Shidduch. So Rabbi Nosson said, don't worry, Yaakov Avinu also uh, had his struggles with Shadduchim. So the guy said, Yaakov Avinu, he was a tzaddik, he said, he was mtakin elamis, everything, every step he took. So Rabbi Nosson said, so are you, you just don't know about it, right? That a Jew is also, you know, especially tzaddikim, I, I, he actually talks about it in that book, just because I mentioned before, the Lubavitcher Rebbe spent six years, I think, in France before the war. And you seem like, okay, he's staying in France. Like, what's, you know, what's he doing in France? Whatever, that's where people live. That's where he was living. He actually once said in a sicha that 
Napoleon and the Balatanya, the, they didn't get along. And the Napoleon oppressed the Balatanya. And there was like sort of a tremendous amount of permutation, permeation of evil in Paris. And he said that his father-in-law sent him there in order to sort of break through and allow Chabad to go there. And he said, now there's a big Chabad yeshiva. So I, that, that was just a fascinating little anecdote. But it shows you that what Klal Yisrael, what they were doing was but it makes it easier for us. We're accomplishing similar things. We're just not as aware and, and we don't necessarily do it as well. But when Klal Yisrael says the Balatanya, when they went into the desert, he says like this, By them removing, making an uninhabitable area inhabitable, and they removed the negative forces that were there physically. What physically what they were doing is they were washing their clothes. Actually, that Pashas they did in the Ananiya covered, but they were sitting and they were schmoozing and they were just living a, a, a regular life. But what spiritually what was going on is all the evil in the world was sort of being wiped away. And in order to in order to allow that spiritual thing to have a hold in the physical world, they had to be there for 40 years. And says the Rebbe, Bipashtus, what were they accomplishing by being in the desert? It was twofold. First of all, it was killing all the scary animals, right? You get rid of all the negative animals, right? The Anan would get rid of the snakes and the scorpions. They got rid of all the negative forces. And then, secondly, Eretz Lezerua. Then they planted. When Klayusor was going there, there were trees growing and plants were growing. So they, it got rid of the negativity and brought in positivity in that area. Understand, how did that happen? How was that accomplished? That was accomplished by having the Mishkan in that place. By having Klal Yisrael surrounded by the Mishkan. Surrounding the Mishkan. That brought life into an empty area, both physically and spiritually. And the conduit, the people that brought about that change were the Levim. Because they carried it and they brought it and they brought the Mishkan to this place and brought Kedusha. And then they dismantled and moved it to a different place and brought Kedusha. They were the sort of the vehicle in order to allow the Kedusha to permeate and then Chitzonis, the negativity, to be, to be quieted. Therefore, the Pasa counts them. Why? Because whenever you want to you empower someone before they have a job. Right? The Balatanya talks about this, that before a person is born, right, they swear... What's the, what's the point of swearing? Because when you swear, it becomes real. It makes it real. The Pasuk counts the Levium. Why? We had a halacha here a couple days ago. It was a concept. Dover Minion ain't a bottle. Right? That means that if you have a piece of non-kosher, right? And it falls in, it's bottle b'shishim, right? It's, it's nullified in 60. But what if it's so valuable that you count it one by one? You don't buy it, you know, in a bucket. You buy it... You buy it by the item because it's so chashiv. It's very valuable. It's not bottle. If you have, I don't know, I can't think of an example right now, but if you have a non-kosher item that's incredibly valuable, that it's counted. Something that you count is chashiv. Something that you count is chashiv and it's not nullified. So too it is with Kedusha. Kedush Baruch who wanted to empower the Levim and say, understand that what you're doing is very important. And it's a difficult, difficult job to do. But you're about to go into this dark place and make it Kaddish. 
And therefore, I want you to realize that your job is you're not going to be nullified. You're not going to be lost in that surrounding. And therefore, I'm going to count you because a davish sheben minyan ain't a bottle. Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "You're important. You're important. You're important." But chalal, that was the whole Indian. The Svarim talk about this. The whole Indian that Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu is counting every Jew. It's the tachas of counting every Jew. They could have figured out the count in other ways. But the difference is that when Moshe Rabbeinu looked at that Jew and he said, another number, another number, it makes that person important. That he's chashiv. And he's not nullified anymore. Right? It's not just a drop of milk in a, in a, in a, pot, of chicken, in a pot of chicken soup. It's chashiv. It's not bottle. And if it's not bottle for negativity, it's not bottle for positivity. And therefore the Pasuk is counting the Levium because the Levium are the conduits in order to bring that Kedusha into that uninhabitable area in order to bring life into that desert. And therefore HaKadosh Baruch wants him to realize, hey, understand your role. Know who you are. And therefore, you're not going to be lost because you're a Dabr Choshev. You're counted. Dabr Shevimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
we, yes, we don't carry the Mishkan anymore. But we're carrying our own Mishkan. We're the, we're the ones who are schlepping. We're the ones who are going through this midbar of life. And our job is to take the Mishkan in every form, to bring it to this place. So you're going to the office, you have to bring your midbar in the office, you bring your Mishkan in the office, by instilling Kedusha, by removing the snakes and the scorpions and planting things. And then when you're done after 5 o'clock, then you go on the subway. So now the Mishkan is moving. That's why the Mishkan moved, because that's our job. Our job is to move. And then you go to the subway, and you have to bring a Vaitin Kedusha, and then you go home, and you bring Kedusha there. And when you see this, you realize that when the Torah is being mitzavah, and not just mitzavah, empowering the Levim by counting them, that's how Kedush Baruch Hu's way of empowering all of us. We're different types. There are Yidin that are based on Mikdash Yidin. Right? If you, like I said, if you're in Klai Kaidish, you're sitting and learning Kail all day, you probably don't have to be, you know, this is not the Chizik Shir you need. You need other Chizik Shir. That's a base of Mikdash, that's stationary. But for Jews that are moving, that are moving, that are moving in Golis, you have to Mechazik yourself. This is what this parish is teaching. It's midbar to empower you to go through the Midbar, to realize that what you're doing is exactly what Klal Yisrael was doing there. We just don't have the privilege of seeing the Mishkan. We just don't get to see the Menorah. We don't get to see the Aaron. But what we're doing, by walking through, and you whisper the Bracha as you're sitting on the subway, that's, that's schlepping your Menorah. That's your Shulchan. It's just a very 2023 version of what they were going through. But that's what it is. That's if you look around your life, and you sort of see that it's a Midbar Taka. But the truth is, if you look in Oizdalid, forget about looking in others. You see, I mentioned before that, like, what if you look around? You're like, I don't know, everyone, I'm around, I'm in a from family, I'm surrounded by from people, I work in a from office, everything's from. Okay. You ever look in your life and, and think that maybe your own life is a midbar? Maybe you do something that maybe it's not the way, maybe ain't Sadiq Baritz and you've done things that are not perfect. Not to endorse those things, God forbid, but you, you didn't live up to your own expectations. I was talking to the boys. I was talking to the high school boys. Uh-huh. Today was the last day. Today was a today was a emotional graduation day. It's very sweet. I did not cry. My father did, but I did not cry. So it was a very sweet day. We were talking to the boys. So I called each one into the office and I, I talked to them and I tried to explain to them the concept of like nukuda sabachira, right? You have your area where you struggle, as the, as the Rav Dessler says, but there's the area below you that's strong, right? For some person that's Shemesh Shabbos, he's Shemesh Shabbos, that's not, that's not in your window of difficulty because you keep Shabbos. It's beneath your window. Your window is, I don't know, not talking in shul, whatever it is. And I said to the boys, just always make sure that the things that you have down pat, keep them down pat. Like if you keep Shabbos, which they do, and you wear tefillin every day, which Bez Hashem they do, you do that every day, right? But a lot of times you look in your life and you're like, okay, maybe I, I keep those things, but it feels like a shtickle midbar. It feels like a midbar. I was talking to someone in Hashivin, he was talking to me recently, and he was saying that like, I was telling him the same thing about myself, but, but he didn't really believe it. Um, but he was saying that like, he doesn't even remember what it was like to learn. And he does dafyaimi, which is beautiful. But he was saying that he used to learn, you know, like in yeshiva, like full days, he, looked, he used to learn in yeshiva, and, and he was saying that he doesn't even remember what it was like to, like, to, 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 to sit and learn for hours on end. I said, I, the same way, 
I said my type of learning is very different than it used to be. But that's like a realization where you sort of look at your life, and your life is also a shtickle midbar. So says the Rebbe, If a person is honest with himself, right, he looks at his life in a very honest way. Sometimes you look at your life and you're like, well, what do I have to show for it? From a spiritual perspective, I'm not talking about a house, I don't care about that. I'm talking about spiritually. What do you have to, what, do you, what could you show for yourself in your mid-30s, mid-40s, mid-50s, whatever it is? What could you show for yourself? A lot of times, the sachakol, the grand total, from a spiritual perspective, is a midbar. It's a midbar. I, I, I don't see much. I don't see like I've grown as a person. I'm struggling with the same things I struggled 30 years ago. I'm probably struggling more. And it's very easy for a person to fall into despair. How could I change after all these years? All that, the Rebbe says, to that, the Pasa counts the Levium. And again, we are those Levium. But realize, when are they counted? From the age of 30, 30 to 50, meaning the Torah specifically counts them when they were already in adulthood. Because the Pasuk is telling you that they didn't do anything until they were 30. Meaning, they were able at the age of 30, all of a sudden, to start. All of a sudden, for the first 29 years, they were not tasked with doing this. the age of 30, they start. All of a sudden, at that age, which is already a good chunk of your life, now they're, now they're starting. Think of this, I think about this a lot. You know, again, Lubavitch Rebbe, just because he's my like, Rebbe in, in Ruchnius. He became Rebbe when he was 50, 50 years old. Everything you know about him, right? He was born in 1902, he's became 50, 1952. He became Rebbe at 50 years old. Everything you know about him was 50 onward. Right? So if you feel like you feel like you're getting old, every video you have of the Rebbe, he was in his 80s. <laughs> everything, everything about him. Right? You know, I, I didn't know about these certain Sadiqim until they're in their 80s. 70s, 80s, that's when they start accomplishing. The truth is, is that the Rebbe says the Pusik is counting the Levium by saying. Our role is, again, to take that Mishkan into that dark place, into that midbar of our life. And they didn't start at the age of 5. They didn't start at the age of 10 or 15. It's not like those Maisim with those G'daylim that at the age of 9, 10. Okay, so fine. So if that, the answer is, they start at 30. You can start at 30. You can start 30 to 50. That, that's, that's, that's not that young. And that's where they started to schlep the Mishkan. So it's also for you. If you look at Oisei, the Rebbe says like this. There's added to it. One more component. Again, how did they do this physically? How did they take an empty wasteland and make it habitable? So you get rid of the scary animals and then you bring in life. The truth is, and the Levim were the ones who were the vehicles to do this. The truth is, that's how you do it physically, but how do you do it spiritually? How do you practically turn your life? How do you take your midbar of your life? The answer is there's no shortcuts, there's no fancy ways. A lot of times in Yiddishkeit people, the, 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 one of the tricky part is, at the end of the day, you know, people want to get clever and they want to get creative and they want to do like the, you know, these uh, organizations, they'll do these things that, you know, which we do also, but not to the same extent, but they'll do like, you know, most dreidel spins and, uh, you know, largest laka, all these things. It's, it's very cute and it's very nice. But at the end of the day, Yiddishkeit has a body and it has a structure and that is Sur Meirah Asetov right at the end of the day you gotta dive in three times a day you gotta put tefillin on you gotta put the sun you gotta light candles you gotta 
avoid seeing things you shouldn't see and avoid saying things you shouldn't say. Like there's lo sase and ase. You could try to be clever and you could try to be. There's no other way to do it. If you want to take your midbar of your life and infuse it with life, you can. You could listen to shiurim and that's very nice. But that's what the, the, the Bilvavi was saying is that you could have that fire and that's great and it feels good and it feels good to go to these kumzitzes and they're amazing and I love them and I go to them. But you need to have water. You need to have at the end of the day. Sur meirah and That's the way to take a midbar of your life. If you feel like your life's a midbar, you want more God in it, it's very easy. Avoid negativity and do positivity. Positivity meaning mitzvah saseh. And avoid negativity of lo saseh. There's no other way to do it. There's no other shortcut. And if you do that, it'll infuse it. The Rebbe says like this, The way to make a midbar into life, the same way they got rid of the snakes and then they planted. So, sur meirah, just avoid los ases, avoid prohibitions, and do positive mitzvahs. There's no other way to do it. There's no shortcuts. But he says like this, <laughs> Just like any other king. Right? You want to build a house? What do you got to do? You have to clear away the debris, and you build a house. So says, if you want to build a house for Hashem, you get rid of the shmutz, meaning you do your best to cleanse yourself of all the things that we're all struggling with. You do mitzvahs. There's no other way to do it. What's interesting is, who are the vehicle to bring the Mishkan? It was the Levian. Their names themselves Miramis to this. He focuses on two out of three. I'm not sure why, but he focuses on two out of three. B'nei Gershon and B'nei Kahas. B'nei Gershon are... Gershon is Lashon Gershon. Gershon means divorce, to separate. That's similar to Sumera. That's removing yourself from negativity. Kahas... Kahas is Lashon of to lift up. Miloshin lo yekas amim. He will lift up his people. So Kahas is to lift up, which is positive mitzvahs. Kibbutz, gather together. Vasei toiv. Who was older? Gershon was older. Because at the end of the day, while it's true that Asei toiv is what we focus on, and there's a famous teaching of Hasidus that through Asei Toiv, through positive mitzvahs, you'll naturally avoid Averis. That is true. But when you're Mechanech a kid, right? You, you can't, if you have a four-year-old, a five-year-old, you, you can't, and, and, and let's say they're, they're throwing stuff at the wall, you can't say, no, but no, but don't you realize that, that you'll, you want to, you, there's, there's so much, there's so much lifting off that could, no, you got to say, please stop, right? There has to be, please stop. And that's healthy. Now, by the way, what people don't understand is that, and the Chayvah Satamidim talks about this, there has to be, the first way you teach a child naturally, practically, is through, please stop. Like, no, and that's fine. You want to have different Lashinas for it, positive, that, that's fine. Nicer ways to do it. But there has to be, uh, the first ways of, of, as a kid is, there has to be Yira and then Ahava. But it only works. Right? If you try to get a kid to serve Hashem from Ahava, when he's eight years old, it's not going to work because he's not mature enough to understand that. So you go with Yira. But what people misunderstand, and this is the key, and this is the key of Hasidus, is Yira only works because you know that there's a Hava there. Right? If a parent says to the kids, please stop, remember we talked about this, don't do this, even though it is, it is no, and it is Yira, the kid will respond well if he knows the parent loves him. Once they know that there is a Hava there, there's a relationship of love, then you're able to practically use Yira and practically say, please stop. If all you've said to him is, please stop, and you've never showed any form of affection, then it becomes 
you know, like any other relationship where someone's trying to bear down you, and at some point you fight back. But the Rebbe says, practically, the way you're mechanech people is there has to be a sur meirah and then asetoy. That's just the practical way to do it. Again, not all the times, but practically. Therefore, who's older? Gershon. Because you remove. Then kahas. Even what they did in the Mishkan is meramis to this. B'nai Gershon, what do they do? B'nai Gershon, what do they carry? The covers. The protect. They brought the protection. The protection of Klal Yisrael is losases. It protects you from not going to places that we shouldn't go. What does Kahas carry? They carry the Kalim, the holiness. They bring then, once there, is a, once there is a cover that protects it, then you could start bringing in a Mishkan. Then you could start bringing in a Shulchan and a Menorah. Then Kahas comes in. And with Kahas and B'nai Gershom, all of a sudden you have a Mishkan. That's the message of this Ixparasha. This Ixparasha is accounting the Levim and empowering them to go into that Midbar and remove the debris and bring in life. And that is our role. Our role is to go into life, to remove the debris by not doing any of the losases to the best of our abilities, and then infuse it with life by doing every mitzvah to the best of our abilities. And whether that's true collectively as a whole, that's also true with your own life. A lot of times you'll look at your life and you'll say, Taka looks like a midbar. The answer is, so start now. The Levim started at the age of 30. There's no reason why you can't start now. And this parasha empowers you. This parasha makes it easier. That because they went through that, because they went into the Midbar and brought it, Eretz Lai Zerua, it makes it easier for us to go through this. We're just continuing what they did. We should be zeichet to continue that job and to finish it. And we should all bring, bring a tremendous amount of life into our own desert. And the, ultimately, the same way this was leading up to Eretz Yisrael, we should get through this midbar and eventually I could the should open up and enter into some heavy minute. My